Welcome to Love's Last Call with Evangelist Carol Ann of Agape Light Ministries. Please open your hearts to hear an anointed message that will encourage and empower you to walk in the love and light of God's Word. Beloved, in this episode of the Apostate Church of the Last Days, we will continue to address one of the most prominent and critical indicators that we are truly in the final prophetic minutes of God's end-of-the-age timeline, and that is the great apostasy. The reason that I say it is the most prominent and critical is because of all the other prophetic precursors that are converging with be-ready urgency the last day's apostasy of many who now name themselves Christian, but who will fall away when the legitimacy of their faith is tested, is an eternal matter of life or death. As the war in the Ukraine continues to escalate, with many holding the concern that we could be on the brink of World War III, those who study prophecy are also looking to Vladimir Putin with strong consideration that he might very well be the Gog of Magog, Scripture has warned us, will play a vital role in the Ezekiel 38 war of the last days. But as these things, along with many others, unfold with prophetic precision, an even greater war is being waged. It is a spiritual war that is being fought over the souls of men with eternity waiting for their decision of who they will surrender their loyalty to. Those who yield their all to the Lord Jesus Christ in genuine repentance and complete trust in His perfect blood atonement sacrifice that satisfied sin's penalty of death we deserved will forever be with Him in heaven's glory. However, those who choose to give their allegiance to this world its philosophies, fleeting vanities, and the ruler of its soon-to-fall kingdom, will find there forever in the torments of hell. And as this battle ensues, with time feverishly pushing it to its final climax, Lucifer continues in his prideful passion to rule in the Creator's place and to gain the worship of all people on earth. With his blasphemous goal urging him on, he has masterfully counterfeited every true thing in God, making himself, at least in his own mind, a creator in his own right. He has mastered a counterfeit for love, which is not the evidence outpouring from the God who is love, but rather a human emotion that makes man feel good about himself, and which always demands a return on its investment. He has a counterfeit for peace that does not emanate from Jesus Christ, the Prince of Peace, but either from mind-altering drugs and medications or from the deep spiritual connection with the occult through such practices as meditation and yoga. His counterfeit for salvation's hope is not through the blood of Jesus Christ and the repentance of sins which qualifies a man or woman to be a recipient of that pure and holy sacrifice but through the good works of man. And he has his own church, which surprisingly is not primarily what is known as the Church of Satan, although this assembly of darkened followers does bring him much satisfaction and serves him well in his demonic agenda. The church he has chosen, which will serve his demonic ambitions to the highest order, 
is this counterfeit of genuine Christianity. The name Christian means follower of Christ. The name Christ means anointed one. In Lucifer's counterfeit, the Christ that people will worship and follow is not Jesus Christ, the anointed Son of God, but the Antichrist, who is anointed from hell and will come in his place. For as we've covered before, Antichrist means not only against, but also instead of. And while this forgery is evidenced in these last days as a man-centered, complacent, and worldly congregation that covers the span of many different religious denominations, the rolling power of the Antichrist spirit that is at the heart of it all is seated on the throne of Rome. And it will pull not only the complacent arm of Protestant followers who are being seduced into its destructive web of deceit, but every other false way as well, bringing into full manifestation the one-world religion of the Antichrist. And so we can say that the great falling away from the truth that marks the great apostasy of these last days is also a great falling into the deadly deceptions of the enemy and the one-world religion that is already well along its way and that is even now bowing its knee to the Antichrist, who is soon to appear on the stage of earth. The Greek word apostasia, in verse 3 of the Second Thessalonians 2 passage, is where we get the English word apostasy, while the root word apo means to stand apart or away from. The word apostasia, in its fullest meaning, is a defection, revolt, or rebellion. Merriam-Webster defines apostasy as an act of refusing to continue to follow, obey, or recognize a religious faith. It denotes a willful falling away from or rebellion against true Christianity. Some have suggested that the word apostasy in the Second Thessalonians 2-3 passage is alluding to the rapture, because one of its definitions does mean a departure. However, Paul would most probably have used the same Greek word harpazo, meaning a catching up or snatching away, that he used in 1 Thessalonians 4-7, and which is clearly a scriptural confirmation to the rapture of God's true church, which we know by other scriptural references will take place before the tribulation period. If Paul was intending to make that same point in 2 Thessalonians 2-3, it is more evident that while Paul had made it clear that the rapture would take place before the tribulation period, as recorded in 1 Thessalonians 4-7, and additionally in 1 Thessalonians 5-9, where it is established that true believers in Jesus Christ the Lord are not appointed to God's wrath, that in 2 Thessalonians 2-3, he is instead addressing the great falling away from the truth that will be evidenced in the unbelievers just prior to the Antichrist being revealed, as 1 Timothy 4.1 also confirms. With the true church of Jesus Christ having been removed as the restrainer, Paul addresses in 2 Thessalonians 2.7, and the people who are left behind already being devoid of any true light and truth. They will fall very easily into the Antichrist's greatest deceptions that are yet to come. As evidence, modern-day surveys, such as those promoted by Pew Forum and Lifeway, 
indicate that the majority of people who name themselves Christian, and even some as evangelicals, do not even believe in the foundational truths which are held within salvation's mandate. Many who were questioned stated that Jesus was a great teacher, but that he was not God, and that the Holy Spirit is a force, but that he is not a personal being. While they agreed that everyone sins a little, most people are good by nature, they said, and that God accepts the worship of all religions, including Christianity, Judaism, Islam, and all other pagan faiths as well. 100% agreed that God created male and female. Yet more than one in five named evangelicals also believe that gender identity is a matter of one's own choice. And one in ten believed that the Bible's condemnation of homosexual behavior doesn't apply today. Additionally, more than one in three believe that the prosperity gospel which claims that God will always reward true faith with material blessings in this life, is scriptural. In a God Questions commentary entitled, What is Christless Christianity?, they address a new term that has been coined and which represents a Christianity that is devoid of the true Christ who is Lord over all. They write, Christless Christianity is a term coined by author Michael Horton in his book by the same name. In Christless Christianity, the alternative gospel of the American church, Horton argued that the American church is entrenched in a version of Christianity that eagerly accepts Christ's offer of salvation, but considers it to be just another benefit in a life spent pursuing the things of this world. Christless Christianity is a form of religiosity that whittles away the difficult terms of discipleship and embraces only those elements of the Bible that the flesh finds pleasant. In many ways, Christless Christianity resembles what others have called moralistic therapeutic deism, the belief that being good or nice is all that is necessary to please God, with the perfect work of Jesus Christ being unnecessary. Christless Christianity is a watered-down version of true Christianity that is quickly replacing doctrinal purity while professing itself to be biblical. It presents the Bible as if it were a collection of Aesop's fables, a bunch of unrelated stories with a nice meaning at the end of each. Such an approach ignores the grand theme of Scripture, God's redemption of sinful mankind, and the centrality of Jesus Christ in the Word of God. Rather than creating self-denying disciples, the message of Christless Christianity creates adherents who are lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying its power. The Bible warns that, as this world draws to a close, much of the opposition to the truth will come, not from outside the church, but from within it. Christless Christianity is internal rot that uses the name of Jesus as a means to better oneself. It turns his church into little more than a platform for self-help seminars and self-affirming messages. At the heart of Christless Christianity is self-worship, dressed up in hand-picked Bible verses to make it appear spiritual. And like the seductive floor of the Pied Piper, 
It is leading multitudes to the eventual worship of the deadly imposter, the Antichrist. Beloved, in these last prophetic seconds, the Holy Spirit is shining His scrutinizing light of truth as He separates the wheat from the tares. Those who have come by the way of the cross have been eternally sealed in Jesus Christ the Lord and are forever His in blood-bought assurance. Those who have not possess only an assurance of an eternity apart from Him. With heartfelt love and His amazing grace offer, the question must be asked, Are you merely playing the role of a Christian in name only? Or are you a sold-out, born-again believer in Jesus Christ, the only Savior and Lord of salvation's eternal life promise? Now is the time to be sure. And, as always, beloved, I bid you His agape. You've been listening to Love's Last Call with Evangelist Carol Ann of Agape Light Ministries. If you have a prayer request, please contact us at Agape Light Ministries, P.O. Box 6313, Chesterfield, Missouri, 63006, or via our website at www.agapelightministries.com. Again, that's www.agapelightministries.com.